0: back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I am here this week with a very good friend, small business owner, but he has been in the selling game for way longer than me. He is so much cooler than my dad. His name is Dave Piacitelli. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, thanks, Scott. Happy to be here. <laughs> so... uh we're going to talk today about just the impact of the downturn, the crisis that's going on, and you sell for a living, and you've got a, a company that helps companies sell uh, their wares in sort of an outsourced capacity, and we'll get into all of that and sort of what's going on in the market, but before we do that, Dave, you know the name of the show is Ails with Aslan, so I'm so curious what that frosty beverage in front of you is called.
1: Oh, do you mean this one?
0: Oh, I like the sound of that fresh.
1: Yes, it is very,
0: very fresh. It is a
1: 16 fluid ounce Revival Brewing Rocky Point Red Ale.
0: Nice. So that's a local brew for those of us in the Northeast here in Rhode Island. So those of you around the country might have to special order that. But uh, what's the ABV? Does it say on there?
1: Uh,
0: 4.7. All right. So I am really going to be boring. I just... I have not been able to get to the liquor store very much lately, so I am drinking something very cold and refreshing. The mountains are blue. You know where I'm going. <laughs> yep, back to the Rockies. I am tapping the Rockies another time. I think I tapped the Rockies several weeks ago, so I'm getting boring in my old age, but I just have to get to the store. It's just been a problem lately. I'm I understand that. Yeah. Well,
1: cheers. cheers. Cheers to your blue mountains.
0: To you and to uh, some kind of recovery here shortly. Yeah. Hopefully, right? Oh, that's still refreshing. I, I mean, I do enjoy it, but only when I'm having more than one. So that tells you where my evening's headed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, well, welcome, Dave. I don't think you've been on the show before, so it's great to have a first-time caller, uh, you know, long-time listener, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, on this show, we, we, uh, we like to just have open dialogue that helps those who sell for a living sort of take some tips away. And so, you know, from your perspective, right? So you, you have a business, you help companies. Um, and, and why don't I actually just get you to tell us what, what does top line growth do for companies? And then we can kind of pivot off that and, and explain to the, to the crowd.
1: Well, so first I'll clarify that www.toplinegrowth.com is our website and URL. Topline Systems is the name of our company. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are a contract outbound firm specializing in the manufacturing uh, and industrial marketplace predominantly. But um, I, I would say when we do skip outside of manufacturing and industrial uh, we're always business to business, and we're focused on complex sale.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. And and so w- in that role, you talk to many different s- sizes of companies, types of companies, all the time. Some, some where you are completely the outsource arm for the, for their selling engine, right? And some where you probably augment, right? Is that a fair assessment? Uh,
1: yes. In the smaller smaller companies, we tend to be kind of the the whole. Shimoli in there we mm-hmm. we handle everything. Yep. From the outbound we coach on uh RFQ uh, on quotation process and pricing and approach um but in the larger companies we're doing a little bit more uh, discovery work and um likely terminating in appointment setting as opposed to an actual closed sale.
0: Yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right. So so clearly you you have a lens on not just your own business and, and the impact of you know the downturn that we all sit in today, but also you're seeing it through the eyes of lots of your clients right and so my first question for you is really about you know do you think there's a difference between how you 're handling the crisis versus you know a traditional in house group might be handling the crisis because I know we recently just you know uh, uh, started thinking about, do we want to outsource some of our telemarketing some of our outreach um, mm-hmm. because people are sitting at their desks now and they 're answering phone calls potentially more than they usually do so we 've started talking about that. What are you seeing out there is is the old way versus the current way we 're doing business
1: Well, I think uh, you know we have a, a a habit I think across all industries um, as it relates to sales of Kind of business as usual we we really um, it's almost as if uh you know a phone call isn't as good as as sitting across the table from uh, the prospect yeah and so while I think ultimately that's important in the sales process, um, now I think uh, everybody may be paying a little more attention to their phone <laughs> <That's> skills <laughs> um, and and really. Um I guess focusing on um the strategic nature of the call and how important it is to setting up the deal uh, i'm I'm famous for saying if you don't if you set up the if you set up the process the sales if you run the sales process effectively uh, from the beginning then the close is really just uh, 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 the final step is all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, and we've done, we've done several podcasts on, on that concept on that concept, because a lot of sellers resist process because they're typically, you know, more free flowing and outgoing and kind of, I got this sort of feel, but to, you, to your point, when you've got a good sales process and you follow it routinely, you have much more repeatable, uh, success. Right. And in the scenario where you are making lots of calls every day, a repeatable process is absolutely paramount, isn't it? It's really uh it's really critical.
1: Yeah, it it absolutely is. And one of the things that's amplified for us here at Topline is that I guess and again, I can only I can only uh guess at what it's like to be part of a, a inside sales team uh within a larger organization, but uh, if I were to, to, to guess, um, based on process, I would say that if you're part of a team inside of a big company right now, there's a lot of other stuff distracting you. The behavior right. of the company tends to be, uh, maybe, uh, an in large influencer to how the outbound team works. And here we have the ability because we're really insulated. Our, our clients are all over the country and we don't sit in their offices we're we're paid to do a job, and so it's a lot easier for us to focus on that process because that's what we're getting paid to do yeah
0: that's a really good point you're, you're right I mean I talk to a lot of large clients, large and small clients um, every day, and the large ones they have all of those big you know big words and big rules around compliance and and um, you know disaster recovery and, and all of those things that are going on where you know, especially in call center environments, they're not really technically in some states even allowed to go into the office. So now they're all being pushed to remote, right? And that's just the inside group. So imagine the field-based people that have not been on a telephone in years now having to relearn some skills just to be in touch with their clients. And so that's, we've been talking about that a lot over the last several weeks on the show. And And, you know, I know you're that's what you do for a living. So you're actually in kind of a sweet spot for you guys, aren't you? I mean, you're you're doing something that comes naturally and probably, uh, I, w- I was just curious, are you seeing more receptivity on the other end of the line now that people are not traveling, they're sitting in an office and they're around more?
1: Yeah, I would say that in general, um, <laughs> we all know that the outbound game is, is a challenge on a good day. Yeah. Um, I would say that... Uh, completed uh, completed calls, completed conversations are tracking pretty close to what we had seen before, um, but we're seeing more voicemail or no contact whatsoever uh, in place of maybe a, hey, look, I don't have time right now result. Yeah. Uh, you know where we may have connected but didn't really get any traction um but the traction calls are without question um amplified right now we're yeah. we're seeing seeing some good results there
0: and that, and that you know as we you know here in Rhode Island we're we're being told we're headed into the really the worst part of the pandemic right this is the next 2 weeks we're told to just stay home and really don't even don't even go like me don't go to the liquor store which is just like telling me to not breathe. It's just like, you can't go to the liquor store, but you know, so, you know, we're headed into the worst of it, but at some point there's going to be a flattening of the curve and we are going to, we're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But until then, this, this area of uncertainty is really, it's causing people to just not know what to do. And, And if you don't nail them in the opening, you know, chorus of what, whatever you're saying, when you call you, you have no shot at them probably talking to you, but if you if you come in with another centered, empathetic approach, especially if you've if you've talked to them before, but even if you haven't, you've got a shot to build uh, an instant reputation with them that may help you later when they do have time and when your product is of interest to them. And I think that's critical for for folks to think about. Um I don't know if you have an opinion on that.
1: Well, I you know I do because I'm on sales with Aslan. Mm. And you know i'm a big fan of of aslan's other centered approach, and uh, you know being prep for this podcast today, I was thinking about really you know is there a difference today um you know between today and yesterday or or two months ago a month ago on the other centered approach, and you know the other centered approach is foundationally important to the sales process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's hard. I, I, I don't, I don't think there's a difference. I think that, you know, I, we're encouraged, I'm encouraging my team to be more other centered going into their calls, um, spend more time asking about what's happening, what's happening on the other side. What's, uh, you know, we're not talking about sales, process we're not talking about what's in it for me we're talking about how are things going over there um and being able to understand what that prospect is going through which is just so telling in the grand scheme of the sales process yeah Um, so it's
0: so i mean it's it's I, you know it's it's funny because our company's been been asked so many times like do you do you guys train non sellers in your foundational elements because in a time like this it's it's it 's so much about being other centered right because first of all, we have no idea how this is all going to end up i mean you know there's so much uncertainty, and yet we have to just keep trying we have to keep coming to work we have to keep you know, being in this together, I, I, I sent a note, I sent a video out on LinkedIn the other day, it just said, I'm checking into, you know, on everybody in my network, just to see how people are doing, just so that they could reach back out to me with a comment that says everything's okay, or it's not okay. And, you know, it's just a a, a way to to keep us connected during a time that's just so much different than anything we've ever really been through. I mean, we've been through 9-11, which was horrible. We've been through the economic crisis of 2008 and 9, which was, which was bad but nothing where we were all just stuck separated for this many days in a row, right? Where we can't even like hang out. I mean, I can't remember the last time you and I got out for a drink together. So we're doing it on a, a podcast <laughs> virtually, right? So it's, it's so different and it's, it, it's that other centered approach of just we're in this together. The money, I think when you maintain the relationships that selling encourages us to do, the money will come later uh and if you've got a product that's useful right now like if you're in a medical field or if you're in then then you're still going to apply that in another centered way aren't you i mean you you you've you you've got to get rid of the commission breath no matter what you're doing um but i think approaching it from another center perspective or empathy empathy first perspective as you might have said that's that's really really key
1: yeah and i i think if we're just to kind of hinge off of that a little bit too i you know i i use the when it's over phrase right mm. uh, and in as sales um the best thing we can do as business people the best thing we can do is focus our efforts on when it's over yeah uh, i i was explaining to my team uh a couple of weeks ago hey listen this isn't you know this isn't a race that's over this is a dropped baton in a relay is what this is all about
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and when the receiving runner grabs that baton, they're going to (laughs) run the economy strong. Um, as salespeople, the connection is important. Uh, and I think, you know, we, we, you and I have talked a little bit about this. If you're not, if you're not continuing the pipeline progress, you're not going to have the sales result. That's right. You're just not going to get there. And other centered approach is a great way to kind of the great set of tires to have on during this race right now is, you know, keep that, keep that progress.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, you know, if you're, if you're not making contact and you're not having as many conversations, which would be kind of normal right now, we're not saying you shouldn't be trying because you should, but, but, but there's other ways to maintain uh, contact with, with your, with your, you know, prospects and your customers alike, whether you're a hunter or a farmer, And, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, You know, my guest last week was John Ferguson, and he wrote a really nice, really good article, not for Aslan. He wrote it from, you know, just himself, popped it up on LinkedIn. And it was all about sort of opening customer receptivity, just the way Dr. Fauci does, when he's got to convince us that we should all be staying home. And, you know, not all of us were totally receptive to that uh, right away. I was I was pretty bullish on you know, maintaining my free will to be able to go to the grocery store for quite some time. And, but yet, you know, it's important that as salespeople, we're, we're thinking about you know, opening that receptivity as, as we move forward. And, and so, you know, as, as you think about that, there's things you can do for your customers, like that article, go find it, or find a really useful article that you think might be interesting to your customer and send it to them with, I was just thinking about you, this article piqued my interest, because of what you you know you do in your business i hope it might be helpful to you and i want you to know i'm here for you if there's anything you want to bend an ear you want to talk about anything i'm here for you during this downturn do more research understand your customers better you know use tools like zoom info linkedin to learn more about their business so that you are you know that trusted advisor when they come back and there's a need they'll they'll remember how you made them feel during this process not necessarily what you said that's the kind of advice I've been trying to give people is just don't waste the time right do something with it and try to be helpful and useful in your customers and your prospects eyes
1: yeah we you know that you bring up a point that reminds me of a conversation I had with uh, a couple of reps that we support within one of the um, client one of our client organizations And I have a session with them once a month just to kind of check in and and talk about their deals and some of the things that they're, uh, you know, having questions about. And uh, one of the questions that came up last week was, hey, what what happens when the deal is pretty much set, the decision maker that we've we've been courting and, and, and have been told, Hey, you're, you're it. Um, You're getting, you're getting this project. Um, What happens when we reach the point where that person says, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And we had, and, and so my advice there was, um, you know, it's, it's, there's always someone else. There's always another decision maker. I said, so, you know, keep your permission lines clean, but, Perhaps you can reach up. It's a chance to reach up into the, the uh, you know, executive management organization um, with a message that says, you know, we've been, we've been awarded a, a project. We understand that, that there's, you know, some, uh, maybe some ambiguity right now. And we just want to, you know, we just want to make sure we're toeing the mark the right way. And, yeah. That we're prepared. What is your policy? What are you doing? What are you looking for? What can we be prepared for? So the sale's already done. Now it's really more about how do we brand ourselves. To your point, how how can we demonstrate that we're really a partner in this?
0: Well, and I think you know, I think it's a great point. Like, be, a lot of people will, I don't know, freeze deer in the headlights during this circumstance. They don't want to call you know proactively into existing customers because they they may not want to hear bad news. They don't want to hear I'm canceling the order. They don't want to hear, you know, the deal is off. And so they, (laughs) the approach is I'm just not going to stir that pot right now. I'm just not going to poke that bear. I'm going to just kind of sit back. Well, you know, my approach in sales has always been if there is going to be bad news, I'd rather get it early than late, right, for sure. Um, And if I approach it from another center perspective, like you guys must be going through hell like everybody else is, you know, talk to me about how this is impacting your, you personally, impacting your job, impacting the the deal we've agreed on, you know, help me understand what's going on because you're, you're approaching it other centered, you're approaching it out of curiosity and, and maybe something comes up that you can actually be helpful with. For example, I had a a client say, you know, we're just, it's not that we, that we don't want to do it. It's that we don't know if we're going to be able to pay for it this year, given that, you know, we're, we're just we're belt, uh, tightening our belts in a lot of different places. Well, maybe there's a creative way you can do the financing where you just change it. I mean, we're all trying to survive this, not necessarily profit from this, <laughs> just trying to get through it together, right? So maybe there's something creative you and your team can do that keeps that deal alive that if you just ignore it, will just fall apart because there's no creativity or brainstorming going on around how to save it, right? Exactly. So those are just some, some, some thoughts. Now, I mean, one of the other things you and I kind of talked about in the preparation for this is when this does, you mentioned, you know, when it doesn't, when it blows over, you know, does business just necessarily come back to where it was, or do you think there's going to be sort of a long tail back? I mean, what do you think from, from what you see of how, you know, your companies, your customers and your own company, uh, we will sort of react to this once once we see the other side of the mountain once we get over this curve?
1: Yeah I don't <laughs> it's hard to answer the question I don't have any data to back it up so yeah. there may be uh it may, it, it's probably my optimism shining through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think my team might uh, accuse me of not being optimistic enough but in this particular case um, my Again, I think the fundamentals of the economy are, are good, Yeah. Um, and I think that we're, y- there's going to be some shifting without a doubt. And again, where top line is a little bit unique in that we focus on the manufacturing and industrial marketplace, where we've seen uh, really basically business as usual thus far, starting to hear rumblings that orders are starting to push out, things are starting to move. Um. But operations are still running yep. parts are still being made uh, chemicals are still being shipped um, demand is coming from different places uh, so I you know and and frankly you know we're we're still out there in the marketplace um, our outbound team for for selling our services are, is underway and we're definitely seeing uh, you know we've heard some really difficult stories uh it's tough tough being in that business or in in the outbound business for us right now yeah um heard some really difficult stories but uh we've also bumped into an awful lot of people who are saying hey we want to be ready yeah um and and so uh, you know i guess it's about the over and under of of who's (laughs) who's in that position looking at when it's over
0: yeah well, and one of the things that I've given some thought to, and again, I'm probably not reading enough and, and I certainly am not watching the news. I kind of have unplugged from the pessimism that I hear on most media uh, stations. But one of the thoughts I've been having is, you know, with with China kind of having this this episode first is that our, our American manufacturing, is is, is American manufacturing going to be on the rise again, right? And so companies that are in that manufacturing space there may be some optimism that if we can just survive this, we actually you know, outsource manufacturing, manufacturing that's typically done partially here in other places, we could see an uptick in the economy, that sector of the economy um, from a manufacturing perspective. And you're sort of you're at the, the point there. I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing that probably real time. And I'm, I'll be very, honestly, very curious to see if that's a direction this economy winds up taking after this all does blow over. I don't know how your, what your thoughts on that are
1: well i think i i i you know from my perspective i've been watching that happen i mean i watched in 30 plus years in the manufacturing sector i've watched us lose it and uh frankly over the last few years i've watched us start to get some of that confidence back yeah um as a as a you know 20% component of the gdp in this country yeah and i you know, I think some of the surprises will be, um, you know, there's att- gonna be more attention on it and I'm definitely seeing a lot more headlines around, uh, let's make our critical stuff here in the US, let's have these abilities to make stuff here. Well, we all know cash is king and and pricing is pricing and uh, that's likely to dictate. Um, but in the grand scheme of supply chain, we should see uh, that a share of, of that uh, stock will be coming out of, you know, increased capacity here in the U S. Um, but let's not be fooled. It takes a while for this to happen. We all, we all see news stories that say Ford motor company now making, uh, ventilators and GM yeah. Making yeah. ventilators and this stuff doesn't happen overnight.
0: Yeah. Um, and by the way, I applaud companies like Ford and I've seen, you know, on LinkedIn, I've seen many, many companies doing that. And, and, I know there's some financial incentives. There's something in it for them, but I think for the most part those are those are the right things to do if you have that capacity and that capability. And I think companies are, are where they can doing the right thing. I think, you know, your company is probably doing small things to try to, to, to be helpful. We're we're introducing, you know, digital learning for sales reps that they can get at a very low cost, just to you know, if you've got if you're sitting on your hands and you don't have a lot of phone calls you're doing, why not upskill yourself during this time? And so, you know. Why, you know, why not have, have an option out there for people to take advantage of, even if it takes some R&D dollars to get it done much quicker than you had originally anticipated. So, you know, I think, I don't know, for me, the takeaways from this call, Dave, are, are you know, you, you gotta, you gotta keep running, right? You just can't, you can't stop. We are salespeople. We are wired to be active and we've just got to keep running. You got to do it in an other centered approach, right? You got to put your customers needs first. And if that means they don't want to talk to you and you got to leave them alone, that may be the best you can do. But don't stop, like send them helpful information that can help them, you know, get through this. Maybe it's something they hadn't thought of Be a, an ear for them as you get through this. If you're, if you're an outbound group like you are, use the time to research more and know more about when you make that first call that you just, you're, you're more informed or, or use, you know, other approaches to get a hold of them. Um, But the, I think the idea is you got to keep going Um, because I, I walk around my neighborhood every day and I see a lot of people home from work and I don't know how they're, how they're staying busy at work, but I know I have never been busier than I have been the last three weeks because we are evolving our business to, to meet this demand. And, I think you're probably the same way. It's just you just can't stop, right? You just got to keep keep plugging.
1: No, I I think you're right, and you know the the plant. I use the term plant a flag, right? Plant the flag in the when it's over space, and use this time to prepare. And you know, with the other centered approach, uh, coming out of your, you know, as as the framework, yeah. part of that, part of the big component of other centered approach is listening, yeah, and. Being able to, without the pressure of quotas, call quotas, sales quotas, uh, right now there's a little bit of reprieve maybe in there. Maybe there's a little less pressure in there. Use the time to sharpen those skills. I'm coaching my team every day. Use your listening, start paying attention, grab that data, Do, use your discovery. You can be super productive without, without pushing.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. Well, it has been great having you on the show. For all those of you listening, you know we're still trying to get this this wider audience, um, and so we need your help to to share this, to subscribe to the podcast, uh, you know, push it on social media, help us get it out. I've had a couple of my kids show me how to uh, get it on Instagram now, so I think we're we're starting to push it on a channel I don't spend much time on, frankly. But um, you know, get it out there because I think you know the more people that can hear this, the more people you know, we can get on the show that can tell us their individual stories that might be helpful to the rest of you. So I I really want to keep beating that drum until we get more and more listeners. Dave, it's been great having you. Thanks so much for joining. Enjoyed the beer together. And uh, we'll see you all in another week with another episode of Ales with Aslan.